As a couple, they'd always been early to make their plans for the summer, reserving a place on the Cape or in the Hamptons in January or February of the winter before. But this year had been different for Doug and Ellen. Jeffrey, their first child, was born in January, and then in March Ellen's mother found a lump and underwent successful surgery. They talked about going to the Berkshires or maybe even renting a cottage in the Dordogne in the fall. But then Doug's confession, if that's what you'd call it, intervened, and all plans were put on hold until almost July. Doug finally decided to do something and discovered that they could still rent the A-frame they'd taken two years before in a relatively undeveloped stretch in the middle of Martha's Vineyard. To his surprise, Ellen went along with the plan. But by then, they were too late to get reserved places on the ferry. The best they could do was stand by, a disheartening chain gang of parked cars that snaked along a busy street in Woods Hole. Finally, at 8.30 that night, their Avis Impala clattered over the steel ramp onto the boat, just behind the blue Toyota station wagon that Doug had been staring at for three hours. The gate clanged shut, and the ferry lurched out into the water. Doug shivered as his tension eased at last. He'd been worried all along that Ellen would insist they turn back. A few hours later, he guided the car onto the sparsely settled gravel road that ran past the A-frame. Something made him realize suddenly that he should have called or emailed to the real estate agent. He hadn't talked to her in almost a month. What if she'd mixed up the dates or simply forgotten to leave the key in the mailbox as arranged? She was a thin, fluttery woman, an elderly refugee from Boston who lived with her sister out on Gayhead at the far end of the island. She'd been reliable before, but that was two years ago. He glanced in the rearview mirror, half expecting to see Ellen glaring back at him. Instead, she was studying Jeffrey, asleep beside her in his car seat. After about a mile, the road swung left and the Impala's headlights swept over the entrance to the A-frame's steep driveway. Ahead in the woods, Doug thought he saw a light. Kicking up gravel, the car crept up the hill and came to a stop on the soft, pine-needle lawn behind the cabin. The agent had remembered. A table lamp was burning in the living room. I'll check the place out, said Doug leaving Ellen in the back seat with the baby. The cabin was filled with overheated air, thick with a stale, woodsy odor. The place obviously hadn't been used for weeks. Doug opened a few windows. He poked into the bathroom, flushed the toilet, ran the water in the kitchen sink for a few seconds. Everything seemed in order, so he went back out to the car. It's all set, he said. For a moment, Ellen didn't move, and it occurred to Doug that she might just sit in the car with the baby for the rest of the night. Finally, she heaved her shoulders and slid out. I'll take Jeffrey, she said. The baby woke and started to cry. Ellen carried him into the cabin, then sat on the window seat and fed him a bottle while Doug unloaded the car. The last thing he brought in was the portable crib, Where are you going to put that? asked Ellen. Doug looked around. 
Except for the small enclosed bathroom and the sleeping loft above the kitchen, the A-frame was one open unit of space, not much bigger than the living room of their Upper West Side apartment. Doug and Ellen had loved the place before now, but now, with their suitcases and boxes scattered on the floor, it seemed impossibly cramped to hold two adults and a baby for two weeks. Doug finally unfolded the crib in the middle of the living room. This will do, he said. The baby fell asleep again. Ellen disappeared into the bathroom while Doug lugged sheets and pillowcases up the ladder to the open sleeping loft. The bed, a double mattress set on a low plywood base, was pushed against the wall under the sharply slanting roof. Maneuvering around the cramped space to tuck in the sheet, Doug recalled the last time the sleeping arrangements in the cabin had eventually started to annoy him.